Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Nate Katie with Jake Gutierrez on this Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. Hey, thanks for joining us. What's so funny in there? No, it's not funny. I'm just smiling. I just got a, a nice, big, warm embrace from Greg Gurley. Oh, yeah. I, I hadn't. I haven't seen him for a long time, and I, I've I've reached to shake my hand. How long has it been? Probably at least two, two plus years. Why'd you have to say it was a big warm embrace? Because we we hugged, and mm. two big guys hugging. What are you, what are you implying there? I don't know. Just I noticed you called he, it. a He big, looks good, man. No, he actually does. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, it's killing my jokes. This <laughs> is Boddicker, apparently. We'll see if uh, Mike shows up today when I'm out at uh, Nick and Jake's today from 2 until 4 o'clock in the Overland Park location on 135th Street. Nate is threatening to come out there. I'll Are be you? there. Are you? I'm yeah. looking for that soccer song, Nate. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I don't know how long things are going to take. I don't like to hang friends. I don't. <laughs> I like hanging around you guys, though. Somebody just uh, direct messaged me and asked if I got the gout. Do you? I don't know. Doesn't your foot swell up when you get the gout? Not necessarily. Yeah. Slowly. It's just uh, Is it, uric acid or whatever. I almost asked you that. Does but it gather I, up in your calf? I, I don't know. down in your foot. I don't know. I don't know enough about the gout. Good to see you. Rich foods. It's a, yeah. I could, that could be me. I know. In your joints. Gout. Is a type of inflammatory arthritis that causes pain and swelling in your joints and lower limbs. Usually, uh, as flares that last for a week or two and then resolve. Gout flares often begin in your big toe or a lower limb. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Greg, do you believe that Nate Bucati has the gout? Well, gout is usually reserved for. Bigger, dumber people like me, I think. But he's. But it's, and, it's also rich man syndrome, and he's is it, rolling is that, the money with the MLS. Is so. that what it's called? I yeah. didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah. right. Yeah. I have or had. I have it under control now. It's not enjoyable. No. The description you just gave was very accurate, and it sucks. Because why that's what I, I got? I don't know. No, because I. Because I mean, if you remember. I spent a week with Whitlock, Whitlock, and, and the gouts in a hotel room, and those hard shoes, New Orleans, and hard shoes, and <laughs> blood and things that I try not to remember. But Nate woke up today in tremendous pain, and is where at exactly? Um, down my ankle, down his ankle, his ca- calf and ankle, and because he was limping up the stairs. And I said, "What? What happened?" He goes, oh, "I don't know." I said, "What do you mean you don't know?" He said, "Well, I woke up this way." And so it's a mystery. He woke up, but he's in tremendous. Would you scale of one to ten? What are we talking about here? Seven. That's significant. wow. Not, not to have any incident, not to know where it happened. Seven? Just, As I six. kind of diagnose and look at Nate, just you know, yeah. visually, right? He does have a little, you know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger it's than a, a little yeah. baby bump or whatever you want to call it. A little put, put belly. <laughs> a little swollen. <laughs> a little swollen. You've been eating a lot of hollandaise sauce. and I've been eating a lot of rich foods. Yeah. Rich foods? Yeah. yeah, I have. That seemed like a weird poll. Hollandaise sauce. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. It's have, like you had, have you had hollandaise sauce Lately? Sunday. Really? Yeah. What was, what was that a case? Some Benedict's? Some eggs Benedict's. Yeah. Benedict's. Oh, at home? Delicious eggs. Now we went out for a little brunch. Okay. You know? 
Okay, I'm saying hollandaise sauce. I was, I was trying to think of something that it might has be some rich. rich. You're looking pretty good, buddy. It's been a while. Yeah. It's a Spanx. Oh. <laughs> I need some of those yes. when I run. They slim you yes. up and give you support. Yeah. 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 Do they help well, with the gout? Uh, I wonder if that's what I got. I don't med- know. Medication helps. I, I uh, Once COVID hit, <laughs> I, my gout was not enjoyable. And the first day of COVID, I made a just a mental note. I wasn't going to drink for 60 days. How'd that go? Uh, I did it. Yeah. Uh, my family didn't. But that they, I mean, you know, yeah. COVID was, you know. But did they clear up your gout? The it, stop? it was either timing or that because mm-hmm. it did. It got Because I think alcohol kind of uh, feeds yeah. it. And uh, Inflammation. I did it. And I, I, I realized that I can do it, which was part of the uh, process. And I was, I slept better, but then I went right back to drinking. <laughs> I want you to know that right now. Tired of this good sleep and like, not hurting all the time. Uh, uh, all these benefits. No, I'm going to put that neurotoxin right back uh, in. What? What, what did he say? Neurotoxin. My nutritionist yeah. had to say <laughs> something. I don't know what it is. By the way, I'm, 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 I'm reading the look on Nate's face. He is right now about 80% convinced now that he has the gout. Well, he's right, probably, right. You're like, or he's, he's, or he's thinking, why did I tell anyone my foot was hurting? Couldn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, dude, I can barely get up the stairs this he morning. Was dragging yeah. ass up the stairs, like what's yeah. going on here? It just shows you how much he wants us to talk about him. Right. He has to tell us of an injury. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, make it about oh. me. Let's make it about Nate. Not, uh. about, not about the Kansas City sports scene. Nope, Nate's gout. Nate's gout. <laughs> that's or what, possible that's definitely gout. what I wanted to get attention for today. Having the gout. I don't last, know if I have the gout. When's the last time you've heard a... Uh, Might just be a cramp or something. Uh, a head basketball coach drop an F-bomb during a post-game press conference. Ooh, I, I, it's been a while. Who did that? I did not see this. Well, this is... Jake, if you would, play today's favorite well, I mean, clip, please. Play it clean? Yeah, let's play the... Well, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, even, even, even though, at his request? Even though Dennis Gates asked you not okay. to bleep it, you, you go ahead and do it anyway. All right. The big picture of it all was our inability. We got to do a better job. We got to do a better job drawing fouls. I think we suck at it. We're f-ing terrible. Oh. We're terrible wow. at drawing fouls, and we got to do a better job. Well, and then oh, wait, yeah, wait yeah, for it. Can y'all write all that in there, right? Y'all can write that in there, right? Make sure you don't bleep that out. And he bleeped it out anyway. So. And I write asterisks <laughs> in there. In there. Uh, well, I, I watched a little bit of that game, yeah. and when I turned it on, Missouri was up seven. Well, there it is. And then we made a semi-bad decision last night and didn't really watch much basketball, and we watched, uh, is it Killers of the Flower Moon? Or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, you know, really uplifting? Extremely long, number one, yep. and not much to it. It was just super depressing and kind of boring. Okay. I, the last two movies we've picked as a family, or Amy and I, Oppenheimer and Flower Moon. Wow, are both back about back. three and a half hours long, right. and they're like, "Jeez!" So there I am making it about me. But I did not watch the press conference of the Missouri game. I did see that they lost. But about, about seven and a half hours of depression there. You packed <laughs> into the last two. I was like, I need like a hot tub time machine yeah. next or something. That's Glad enjoyable. I didn't give up drinking this week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I watched a little bit of that, and man, they're they're struggling. And Tennessee's really good. And, and when I saw they were down, I mean, they're going to mount a comeback. Dalton Connect is, he can play, the guy for Tennessee. The yeah. transfer from northern Colorado, which 
tells you a lot about the transfer portal on what you get. You know, some, sometimes you strike gold like Dalton Connect, and sometimes you look all over the country and, you know, you get somebody that you think is fantastic and turns out to be average. And, and, and I don't he was on, he wasn't on anybody's radar at all, and now he's probably a top ten pick. When we played Tennessee and Hawaii, he didn't have a good game, and that's part of the reason we won. Because I remember watching him the game before, and I'm like, man, who is that? So all over college basketball, there's guys like that you never heard of that turn themselves into pros. Okay, so a couple of uh, games I want to ask you about before we get into Kansas. Uh, the one that was uh, that everyone's eyebrows raised last night, uh, and not that UConn lost to Creighton, but Creighton put it on him, 85-66. to 66. UConn went into the game. Twenty-four and two, and fourteen and one in the conference, and of course, one of those losses was at Kansas. But they were—I uh, mean, they—they've been fantastic, and they go to Creighton, and they get beat by nineteen. Did that? Uh, did that surprise you? What do you think about that? Somewhat shocking result. The loss didn't surprise me, but nineteen points probably did. Uh, Creighton's really good; they can spread you out. They're—they're they're a they are going to be a really tough out in the NCAA tournament with the way they kind of play the spread offense, and they've got athletes that can make shots at the end of the clock. And that is what sums up the NCAA tournament. Uh, they got Alexander, uh, Ashworth, uh, Shireman, and then they've got a big guy in the middle that, again, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling an eight here and making this all about me or Kansas. Good. You remember when Kansas beat Creighton in her national title run, the last minute of the game before us was the Creighton and San Diego State, I think is who they were playing. Kalkbrenner got hurt right. and didn't play against us. And we did have some good fortune that year where team's best player or one of their best players got hurt. Justin Moore, the same deal, before we played Villanova. So Kalkbrenner kind of makes that team go. He can defend the rim. Those guys can, can gamble a little bit on defense, knowing that they have a seven foot one guy back there to clean up the mess and he's a good offensive player good free throw shooter so it doesn't surprise me that UConn lost I still think they're the best team in the country uh, teams are going to lose on the road we've proved that uh, when you go on the road and don't have your best stuff and the other team's got juice and adrenaline that building was hyped up you're going to lose by 19 you know, whether you lose by 1 or 19 doesn't matter still a loss uh UConn's not going to really do a whole lot differently the next time they play. They just didn't have it last night. And then last night in the Big 12, a couple of interesting games. Baylor loses on the road to uh, to BYU. And then Texas Tech gets uh, a home win last night against uh, against TCU. So it's like I feel like you know that that middle of seven and six and eight and five teams they just added to it. Baylor had a chance to to jump up there and catch Iowa State, but they uh, they lose on the road. Yeah, I mean, this, I don't know how how many other ways we can say it. This league is crazy. There's nothing out there that is a is a gimme anymore. Uh, we we didn't go to BYU this year. We will next year. Uh, really difficult place to play, from what I hear, and that was proved last night at the way they shoot the three. And you know they're I think they're seven and six or maybe yep. six and seven. Okay, so you know they they they've shown that when they don't make shots they don't win. But I think they shot thirty some odd threes last night because 
while I was watching a very long and depressing movie, I was oh. checking scores because I'm like, gosh, how much longer is this? And then you, hit, <laughs> then you hit pause and it's like, we're an hour and 45 minutes in and we have another hour and 45 minutes. We're like, how is this crap going to end? Uh, so I was checking scores and they, they obviously shot the ball well. And, and, and you know, Baylor's another team that's going to be a really tough out. But again, when you get in the NCAA tournament, you don't have road games. You have neutral games and you have a day off and it's just different. Teams are going to lose on the road, whether it's the Big East, the Big 12, whatever. And I don't think that surprises any of us. Um, and, uh, you know, BYU is also going to be a tough out because of the way they shoot the ball and the way they can make shots at the end of the clock. Because in, in conference tournaments and NCAA tournaments, things slow down a little bit. The possessions are valued more. And you kind of pull some time off the clock, whether you're resting or whatever, and then the clock hits eight, and you got to go. And do you have the guys that can go? Because there's going to be 20 possessions a game where you got to make something at the end of the clock. And who can do that the best? Who's engineered the best for that is going to win in the tournament. Yeah, so looking at the box score from that game last night, to back up your points, it was uh, – Baylor going 14 for 36 from three, or just under 39%. Which you'll take that. Yeah. That's a lot of threes. That, did I say Baylor? I meant BYU. BYU did that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So BYU, that well, was. Well, you had a 50% chance of getting that right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good job. Baylor went five of 20 for yeah. 25%. Right. That doesn't work. And it's funny because I can. I can't remember the phrase that you hear guys use in the NBA sometimes now where they say like it's something like it's it's a shot maker's game nowadays. Like literally it could just come because there's so many threes being taken in an NBA game that it really comes down to which team's making their shots that night and which team isn't, which to me kind of cheapens the idea of the game itself, you know. But is that becoming more a part of it, just which team's hitting their shots and which team isn't on a given night? Well, a couple of years ago we started – seeing this in, in college basketball the way the Golden State Warriors play. and, and the, uh, A good shot for Golden State is what? A three-on-one fast break that you throw to the corner and somebody shoots a three. Yeah. Like, forever we were taught, hey, you get a three-on-one break, you better get a layup. Yeah. And nothing else. No mid-range, no floater. Dri- dribble to the free throw line, jump stop, and make a bounce pass to the guy for a for a layup, right? Mm-hmm. Now that's not the case. That you is, could have had three points. You just you passed up an extra point. You could have had three. You don't want the guaranteed <laughs> two, or you could have had three. So analytics and the way that basketball is played now is just different. And so 36 threes is not uncommon. Right. Uh, it was 10 years ago, five years ago. Uh, you know, you're big guys. You know, if you're a big guy that doesn't shoot threes, you're kind of looked down upon. Like, that That used to be if if uh, Greg Ostertag even looked at the rim <laughs> in 1993 from the three-point line, the whole crowd would have screamed and yelled and tried to scare him into not shooting it. And nowadays, they expect you to shoot it. So it's just different. Um, guys are more skilled, uh, I think. They're, they're, I don't think their basketball IQ is as good as it was, uh, but... Now it's a numbers game. I mean, I'm looking at the other box scores from last night. You talked about that that Creighton versus UConn game. Creighton, 14 for 28 from three, 50%. That's great. UConn, three for 16. Yeah. 
that's, <laughs> and that's what you're going to see in the NCAA tournament. We're like, oh, how the hell did we lose? Well, what Nate just said is how you lost. So, so where does that leave Kansas this year that's as a, the tournament team? It's a great question. Uh, Man, finally, got one. And it was well. You know why it was great? It was short. <laughs> it accomplished it. two things. Craig, what does Kansas have to do? I'm out. I'm going to go to the bathroom and massage my gout. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that means. Uh, no, it's uh, you know, this is a weird Kansas team. There's no other way to put it. I, I've been around a long time, and we usually have depth. We usually have multiple guys that, when things don't work, you can put a guy in there. Now. Talking out of both sides of my mouth, we won a national championship playing seven guys in 2022. So we've proved that we can do it with a shorter rotation. But the question is, is this the right one? We don't, I mean, this, it's a, the question's an easy answer. That's what we have. You know, there's no trade deadline in college basketball. What you see is what you get. Um, I think part of our struggles lately is a product of playing our starters. 37 minutes a game in November and December when we had a really difficult non-conference schedule and obviously Bill Self coaches to win. There's no coaching for March in November and December. Uh, you're playing Hunter Dickinson 37 minutes. Kevin McCullough the same, if not more. Dewan Harris. What happens when you take Dewan Harris out of the game? So my point being, those guys are going to have to carry us. It's not some genius revelation by some basketball insider. It is what it is. Um, we're going to have to be a shot-making team because that's what the tournament makes you do. Um, Kevin's health is a lot to do with it. We need him on the floor as much as possible for his defensive prowess. For his, you know, he hasn't shot a great percentage over the last month. A lot of that can be chalked up to his injury. A lot of it can be chalked up to legs, and a lot of it can be chalked up to Kevin's not a great offensive player. He became a much better offensive player mainly because of his athleticism and his knowledge of how to slither through defenses and get to the free throw line. If you really look at his numbers, when he was really scoring 18 to 25 points a game, he was getting to the free throw line 8, 10 times a game and shooting it at a 90% clip. Now he's not getting to the line as much. Uh, He's having to settle for jump shots, which he's not a great jump shooter. He can make shots. He, can make, he made a huge shot against Oklahoma when he was having a bad day. But it was in the second half that really got us rolling. So uh, we need Kevin to shoot a lot. We need Hunter to be more efficient in the in the lane um, and step out every once in a while. But in the last six weeks, I think he's, he's like two for his last 22 or something like that from the three-point line. So that's he's kind of gotten away from that. Needs to continue to take one or two a game because he can hit it. It's just when he's shooting threes, there's nobody, nobody underneath getting rebounds. No one, and and that's eighteen to twenty two misses coming off the rim that you you might get one of those back if it just bounces long, right? So. In a Nate Bucati explanation to a really short Nate Bucati question, I know I'm all over the map. We need Dewan Harris's float game to to be elite like it's been in the past, and it's been average this year for whatever reason. But things have to go. We've proved that we can beat good teams. I mean, yeah. you look at our schedule. We we play bad against 
average to below average teams, and we beat good teams, right? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and obviously home and road has made a big. There's yeah. been a big split. It's been a massive. I, I thought, one and two. You beat one and two. UConn and Houston. Right. So what? what you said you still think UConn's the best team, even even though they lost last night. Yeah. Is how, how much of a gap would you say if, if Houston's number two? What, what what kind of gap is there between UConn and Houston? You think? I don't think it's huge, but I think there is a gap. I think uh, again in an offensive game. Houston doesn't doesn't have enough weapons. I think I think uh, UConn does, and you throw in a a talented seven foot two guy in the middle. That Houston's got a lot of six foot nine athletes that are going to play bully ball and just out tough you, and that works a lot. But it also doesn't work all the time, and I think that's what's the 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 proof's going to be in the pudding with with uh, Houston. They've been they've been this before this isn't anything we haven't seen it's what do you do in the tournament when you get into that second week can they sustain six games in a row they're good enough to win a national championship i think they're better offensively than they've been in the past but they've got to prove it in march i think lj crier is a huge piece to their puzzle because he can really shoot the ball and they haven't had that in the past. I mean, Quentin Grimes was as close as you get, and he wasn't a super efficient guy. At least I, I'd have to look back at the numbers. He was really good. He's first-round draft pick playing in the NBA, but he, I think L.J. Cryer's a more consistent scorer. Doesn't mean he's going to be an NBA player, but I look at those two as pretty similar wings, and uh, we saw what L.J. Cryer does against us. I think he scored 18 points in a row in Allen Fieldhouse against us. That kept them in the game. Uh UConn has weapons, I think. That that'd be my opinion. If they were to match up in it, you know, if if they were to match up, it'd be in a national championship, you know, so they're not going to have to go through each other to get there or final four cuz Houston's going to be a one seed, UConn's going to be a number one seed and Purdue's going to be a one seed, right? So I, other than that, there's one one seed up for grabs in my opinion. Just looking at Ken Palm's rankings, they got Houston as the number one adjusted defense, which is no surprise. But but number sixteen offense, which is better, I think, what you're saying than what we're used to seeing from Houston. So maybe that makes it a because I think that that when you're a team that relies so much on defense, we've seen you end up in a lot of close games that way, right? Well, but we've seen we always talk about it in the NFL. You know, good defense wins championships. Well, better off, really. yeah, yeah, better better offenses beat. Great yeah. defenses. All you got to watch is the Chiefs around. I mean, yeah. wasn't San Francisco the number one defense? Great quarterbacks win defenses. I yeah. mean, the Chiefs had a higher ranked defense this year than the 49ers, right. but in general, yeah. But in general, they beat a top yeah. five defense in, in yeah. Baltimore and San So, same goes for basketball. Yeah. Yeah, you can be great. And you're going to, some of those numbers get flawed a little bit because, you know, you're playing against the bottom of your league and you're going to build them up. And, you know, they weren't, they, Kansas against Houston, who's not a great offensive team. Look like the most efficient offensive team in the country the day we played Houston. Mm-hmm. And that's what could happen in the NCAA tournament. Now, right. it's a little different of a scenario. It's going to be at a at a neutral site. And the Allen Fieldhouse buys you some points and, and yeah. some, some energy plays and whatnot. And that just doesn't happen in the tournament. But, again, I, I think uh, it'll, it's just going to be interesting to follow because we've seen Houston before. Uh, to, to turn it back to Kansas for a second, though, I, I hate to give you a compliment, but there was a uh, 
There was a point that, that Coach Self made in your postgame interview from this past weekend that, that really stood out to me when you guys were talking about getting that away win at Oklahoma. And he said, look, everybody's got their theories on why we've struggled away from home this year. But the biggest problem we've had is we've been fatigued and we've been hurt. And we've got this week coming up where we can rest a little bit. And then you've got to get this, this stretch of five games to close out Big 12. And it, and it caught my attention because I know that Coach Self never really says anything without thinking about it. Sure. You know, if it's, if it's going to go out to the – you know, he, he coaches his players through the media sometimes. And I wondered if that was one of those comments where it's like, hey, I got a message to sell to my team, which is – we know what the problem is. We can actually we have we have an answer to it because you guys can rest a little bit this week. And is he trying to get the team psyched up for that? Like, hey, we've got a chance to to close out the season um, once once we rest everybody up a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, he's a constant therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. you're you're always trying to manage egos and personalities and say things that might resonate with a with a team like we have. It's a veteran team that does, to your point, listen. To that, and he sometimes creates messages through the media for his guys. Used to be guys say, oh, "I don't listen to that." Nowadays, it's almost impossible yeah. not to hear interviews or press conferences because it's posted all over social media, and they are all over social media. I thought it was interesting last week when Kevin had sat out after the K State game. That was a Monday, a couple of Mondays ago, uh, and uh, you know his knee was hurt, and I was looking ahead. We, we had just lost in Lubbock where Kevin didn't play, and that was a Monday. We didn't play again until Saturday in Oklahoma. And I looked at it like, okay, we really need Kevin to play because we need this road win. But also, if Kevin doesn't play, that's another, yeah. what's that, another 10 days before our next game, which would mean he wouldn't have played since K-State. And when you're in the middle of the season and you're battling injuries, the one thing you need is time. And the one thing you don't have is time unless you create time by sitting out. And so it was a balancing act of, all right, it's Kev's decision. You know, it's Kevin's decision if he's going to play or not. It's, and he decided to go, and there was some rust. He, he didn't shoot the ball great. He wasn't, you know, he missed his free throws. He wasn't quite on his game. But having him in there on both sides of the floor – got us that victory. He made big shots. He made big plays when we needed to get on a run. We ended up winning by 10, I think. But it was having Kevin on the floor. So then you get that week off, which I think is part of the reason he did play was because of those of these six days off that we're in right now uh, for the stretch run. So he's. I went to practice yesterday. He limited, you know, just kind of bilk and kind of coach like an NBA coach and load management or whatever you want to call it. it. It's not like it used to be. Missing practice was a sign of weakness in the 70s, 80s, 90s, probably 2000s. But now coaches are more in tune with, with how, what they're going to get. He doesn't need to see Kevin McCuller do things in practice to know that he's going to play him. That, that, that ship has sailed. He just needs a healthy Kevin McCullough because he trusts him. He trusts KJ. He trusts Dewan. He trusts Hunter. The guys that need to prove it in practice are the guys on the bench. Everybody else. Is everybody else. <laughs> everybody oh, else. I, I say those four guys, and then you throw Johnny Furphy in there, and he's he's still got a lot of yeah. learning and, and 
trust to figure out, but it's a, it's a process. We have Greg Gurley in studio back after this on WHB. We just lack toughness. We just don't move our feet on defense. Look, they, they shot 37 free throws. Throughout the stats, you see it every game, the amount of free throws they shoot and the amount of free throws we shoot. Look at what Naheem shot on the year. Look at what uh, Chris Ledlam shot on the year. I mean, you're a power forward. You play 29 minutes without a free throw. Uh, that means you're not offensive rebounding, not getting to the line. So it's it's really the, all the toughness things of why we give up leads. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. And really, it's not about losing. Because even in winning, winning when we watch the film, I see unathletic plays. I, I see people that don't handle a ball that's just interested in taking quick shots. So it's been a disappointing year. If you had to do it over again, would you have attacked your first offseason differently? I had no choice. We just could take who we could get, who was available. We had no choice. Um, I don't think we were going to win the first year anyway because when you rush like that and you don't see the players and you just uh, – not not a whole lot we can do, but it's um, – I think I've enjoyed, even even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. Look, I'm disappointed. I don't want to say the wrong things, but I'm really disappointed in my team. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I remind you, I'll be at Nick and Jake's at Novola Park in 135th Street today from 2 until 4. Happy hour starts at 3. I'll be there from 2 until 4 o'clock. I think Nate's going to stop by. Mike Boddicker might stop by. We'll can see. I, can, I, can I come? Greg Gurley might stop by. I like Nick and Jake's. Food and drink specials and an afternoon of fun. I'll be there at 2. Happy hour starts at 3. You know where it is. Uh, Nick and Jake's off 135th and Metcalf. And what starts at 2 o'clock? A couple UEFA Champions League matches. There Good you, ones. Greg. Yeah. Is. What, what is that? What, a, what word did you say? Tell him. UEFA Champions League. UEFA? Yeah, it's a that, it's a acronym. Oh. For Europe. The European Soccer oh. Federation. Cool. So, that uh, <laughs> be locked in. Bringing us back with that Patino clip yeah. was amazing. I love how he prefaced everything. Was like, you know, he, he was super negative. Do you have any second thoughts taking this job? Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> sure sounds like it. Well, he goes, it's not the university. It's basically all my players that suck. That, that's not the. <laughs> I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. My any, team uh, sucks. Any second thoughts? Have you seen my paycheck? No, I'm good. <laughs> hey, before we get back Italian into, restaurants uh, here in uh, oh, uh, Queens. Here we go. Uh, before we get back into uh, basketball, so when we talked to you uh, last time, you were visiting your former teammate, Scott Pollard. Yeah. And uh, and so good news, great news, awesome news. Uh, he ended up uh, he, he got a new heart. Yeah, and surgery went well. So give us an update on Scott Pollard. So yeah, he, he's been battling this for a couple three years now, and it's just it's been tough. The pacemaker defibrillator installed had all these other uh, procedures done to get basically his heart back on pace. You know, he was it was beating a, a, a I don't know what do you say, 10,000 to 15,000 beats per day, more than it should be, and they couldn't get it under control. They finally made the decision that he needs to be put on the heart transplant list. And he went, uh, he lives in Indianapolis, was on a list in, 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 in Indy and one in Chicago, and then 
Vanderbilt does more heart transplants than anybody in the country, or they battle with Duke, and they have some sort of, you know, challenge. <laughs> we did 100, you did 101 or whatever. It's, it's really cool. It's an unbelievably uh, efficient machine. So I went down there. Amy and I flew down there on Thursday because I had a little gap that I could do it because I wanted to see him. Some, uh, some of our other buddies had, had already been down there. We've been trying to, like, coordinate so guys could go see him and hang out because he was in the hospital, like, until he got a heart. could be six days, could have been six months. It did. So while we were there, he gets the call from the coordinator of the transplants that says, we think we've found a match. And his eyes lit up like, you know, it was Christmas morning. And uh, it was so cool to be there when that happened. Now, you also want to temper your enthusiasm a little bit because it's very likely that it doesn't happen. Everything's got to go right. You know, the, the you know, Unfortunately, someone has to die, and then then you have to have your team there to get it, fly it back, all that. So we went home, and then the next morning we went back before we flew to Oklahoma, and they said, it's legit. It's a match. Our guys are there. They're going to get it and bring it back. And, um, I mean, his fam- him and his wife, Dawn, were so happy, and then they kind of got nervous. And, and so we took off. We've been texting the whole day, and – we had heard the heart surgeon say it's going to be like a five to six hour surgery. So we we leave and it's like one o'clock and he goes into surgery. The heart gets back and like three hours later it's in and done. These guys were amazing. Uh, so twenty four hours after he first knew of a heart, it was in him and he was uh, upright. I mean, there's videos I have of him standing up twelve hours after an open heart heart transplant surgery. So all signs point to uh, great success. He's going to be in the hospital for four or five more days, and then he'll stay in a in an uh, apartment that they rented on Vanderbilt's campus, and he'll have three or four appointments a week, and then they get to go home, and obviously they monitor it a lot. But long description of what happened, really cool that it did happen. Uh, you know, uh, shows you how important organ donation is, and we kind of use this as a PSA, so to speak, of, of, you know, make sure you're an organ donor. Uh, it is, it is, saves lives, saves multiple lives. And uh, there's an example of a guy that it worked for. So please, uh, when you go to driver's license place, check that box and become an organ donor. I've been following along um, Don's social media. She's been kind of updating every day just to see what he's – I didn't realize that. Like, he was up and walking right away, and I was talking to my wife about it. She's like, yeah, they, they want you to get up. They want you moving around as quickly as possible. But it's just a miracle uh, thinking about what these surgeons can do and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's and, – And I have this video that I'm showing Nate and Steven right now. And, you know, Scott's a massive human being. Yeah. Six foot 11, 300 pounds. And the nurses that were walking with him that were, like, holding his arm are, like, torpy, like Nate. And um, and if Scott were to fall, I'm not real sure what these nurses would have done. But he sends me these videos, or Don sends me these videos, and I'm like, and then again, there's these, I don't know, five foot two, hundred pounders grabbing him by the arm, helping him up. We're like, I don't think you're helping a whole lot, but they have to be there because if... Man, Frankenstein falls. He's going to fall hard. Well, I'm just really glad you were there, able to be there with him. I can't imagine how stressful that would be just sitting there waiting. It, it was stressful for me. Yeah. And I have nothing yeah. to do with it. I, I, well, I, it's your friend. You know, 
So it, it's uh, uh, unbelievably stressful for him and his family. So uh, happy that it worked out. And he's got a long road ahead. But, uh, you know, I think it helps when you're a, an athlete that you, you know how to work to get back or to get into shape. Now, that was 20 years ago. Yeah, but the process of rehabilitation and all that, it's the same. I mean, right. you know. But you have to have that mentality. I mean, there's some people that are just like, I don't want to mess with it. And mm-hmm. so, anyway, great success story. Whether you're a, a KU fan or, or a MU or K-State, I mean, it, it's just a cool life story. No, absolutely. And uh, Let's get, so. you know, enough about that important health stuff. Right. Let's talk about Nate's gout. Yeah. I don't think I have the gout after listening to people talk about yeah, it. I've talked to people like on your the office. Everyone your... in the office thinks you have it. No, I don't think so. You're I know. Buddies are listening, too. They're all texting me about having the gout. You're not well. fat enough. Your lifestyle You're getting there. now. I am living a rich man's life. You, you, I mean, yes. Sure. Your travel schedule. Yeah. Man's a stretch. You, you know. <laughs> a rich boy. Right. You, <laughs> a rich boy. You, you, you eat the richest of foods. I do. I do enjoy, enjoy some barbecue. You I find the cores. Yeah, that's coming from a guy who had eggs Benedict yeah. on <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Eggs hey. Benedict is my favorite breakfast. A little poem that I'd like to read in honor yeah. of this occasion, if I may. <laughs> as you put out the boat. Spalding. <laughs> it's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat. But the man worthwhile is the man who can smile. When his shorts are too tight in the seat. <laughs> you're always, and you're always talking about beef, right? I've, I've, yeah, I've been eating a lot of beef. Yeah, yeah it's true. Greengrass Cattle Company, delicious. Right. So I mean, savory. You right. know, you've, you've had some Greengrass Cattle Company I did, beef. I did that tri-tip, which oh, I've man. never had before. It was okay, amazing. so you, you're, you're a medicine man in there. What, what what could you suggest right now to cure what ails Nate? I suggest a 48-hour 40, water-only fast. There you go. How about toughness? No. Nope. Is that possible? <laughs> now, why do you immediately nope. say no to, to a 48 hour water only pass to clean uh, your body of the toxins? Yeah, just, I don't want to do that. Right. You don't want to feel better. That's all right. Well, I, it is. I think there's other possible remedies. No and I don't think I have the gout. I think I strained it, a muscle in my, ca- like a gastro. Your but body. You don't know how. We always say the gout. The gout. Like, yeah, there's, the gout. there's actual science behind fasting. There it is. Right? And so, sure. that's what I, I mean. I've done a little intermittent fasting. I, you no, know? No, I'm not talking about intermittent. I'm talking about that's straight up fasting. About. Yeah, like, right. Okay, so when your, your, your stomach uses more energy than the other organ in your body outside of your brain. There right? you go. And when your body's not digesting food, what it does with that energy that it would be using to digest food, it would it detoxes your body. It gets all the toxins out of your body. So instead of digesting the food, are all these statements accurate? Yes, hundred okay. percent. Right. Just making sure. Yeah. He saw okay. it on hundred uh, percent. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to make. I read it. No, I read it in a book. Nate looks like he does not believe that the, all of these. I have, statements. I have questions. Yeah, but, he has yeah, questions about I read a, a woman named Dr. Kellyanne Petrucci. Okay, she's she, good. She is good. She was on The Sopranos, wasn't she? <laughs> Okay, I mean, I'm just, you asked me what so I there's was There's a doctor in the okay, game. Go ahead. I mean, she knows right. what she's talking about. All right. Well, I don't yeah. usually trust doctors. So yeah, go, I mean, go on. But this one you do. I, I do because I, I read what she she had backs up her, her, her. You believe it would help him, but he is not even listening to that possibility. Yeah, because he'd rather take a leave and kill his kidneys. Wow. Jeez, that was a weird segue. Wow. <laughs> Painkillers, I'm sure, you know, tax the kidneys. They do. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, that's right. I'm a little nervous about my intake of alcohol and Advil. Yeah. That's, 
more on the liver side. The of liver it. is yeah, one yeah. of the most amazing so the stomach, organs. The stomach gets rid of toxins in your body? No, it, your body takes the energy that it would be using mm. to digest. It, so you have an extra, extra amount of energy that you're not using to digest. So what it does with that energy is that it detoxes your body. Okay. That's, I mean, that's... It comes out in your poop? I mean, it comes out in sweat. It comes out in all kinds of, you know, however your body excretes don't you, don't you? Don't you... Don't you get rid of those toxins just by sweating and pooping in the first place? But you, you're not doing it at the level that your 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 body is using the energy to digest food. Mm. So you, you sweat when you poop? Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. depending on what I've had to eat. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going medium spice or above, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the segment now, Greg? Yeah. Don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Actually. I'm a guy who's reversed type 2 diabetes. So. Look. I didn't mean? say that, that means I had type was 2 wrong. diabetes. I was shooting myself up twice a day with insulin. I was taking 1,000 milligrams of metformin. And in 16 months, I totally reversed diabetes. Type 2 diabetes. I completely reversed it. I went and had my A1C checked. I am no, I'm not even pre-diabetic. I'm, you hear that A1C a lot on radio ads. I don't know what that is. It's, so, so if you take your blood sugar, you should be living at about 100 blood sugars. I was living at about six or seven. What it is is a measurement of 90 days of your blood sugar. Hmm. And so I had an A1C of about 14. At the next commercial break, can you take my A1C? No, I could take your daily blood sugars. I have a meter. Okay. Prick your thumb. And- can, uh, can you listen to the sound I just sent you sure. real quick? We have to make it rounds now. I mentioned the UConn-Creighton game. Apparently there's some video here of uh, Dan Hurley walking off the floor and then telling a Creighton student, I will knock you out. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I love these mad coaches. You know, you see Danny him. Hurley does have a little bit of uh, fire in him. Right, here, see, ass, right, yeah. right, right. Here in a minute when it starts off, he's points up there. I will knock you out. Right here, yeah. That's I will new, knock you out. That's New Jersey. Meet <laughs> yeah. New Jersey. Meet Omaha. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there it is. I heard that the uh, can you hear it? You're showing this yeah, vi- video of the, the, the they storm the court. Really hear it. Yeah, they do. Uh, so I heard that. Is it true that Texas Tech stormed the court after beating TCU? Have we seen this? Really? That seemed that seemed like an odd court. Why would they do? Was there a reason? Like, if, like, I'm, if I'm correct, I just like I for Creighton that was the first time. I believe in school history that they've beaten AP number one. So that, yeah. you know, oh, no, 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 no. I, I get it. But and, like, why and, would and Texas? T- I don't see if you can find that. I, I don't know where I saw that. But man, I'm getting all kinds of diagnoses uh, emailed to me now. So, <laughs> yeah, so, you, can't, you can't hear it. You can read his lips, though. I mean, he he said it. Yeah, but if he, anyone says that you could, you should get a prescription for some testicles. <laughs> <laughs> can you get those at the? Can you get those at the pharmacy? You're writing strip for that. <laughs> no, I, I'll go. My brother, my brother's a doc. Call I know him. he did knee surgery on me. He did. Mm-hmm. Oh, how'd it work out? He's good, yeah. right? <laughs> it, Is that the bad leg? Good balls. <laughs> my knee still hurts. Uh, that wasn't his fault, though. Good balls. I didn't quite follow the uh, all the instructions post op, which is my, you know, don't go whitewater rafting. Just a few weeks after you have knee surgery. You can stop that question, <laughs> that statement right there. I won't. Yeah. That is, it's a lot of fun, though. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but... I uh, will sit on the shore and watch. That sounds... <laughs> I will not be snow skiing. I will not be whitewater rafting. I will not be doing any Wait, of look that. Look at the two people you're talking to. Do you think that really made an impact in our well, lives? Well, the one okay, thing... Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> we would, me and you would probably be pretty buoyant. Yeah, no. yeah. But I tell you what, yeah, I'm, I, you weren't thinking yeah. about going whitewater rafting no, in the I'm, mountains. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm safe. Yeah, we're good. Beach, me and Stephen are beach guys. Yeah, <laughs> we're okay. We'll take I a should. break. Back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Greg, we, we talked last week that uh, much needed uh, week off for Kansas, but especially coming off a uh, a road win. Yeah, we've had a the last month's been kind of a weird schedule. We had back to back Saturday Monday games, and that's hard to do. Uh, there were home games on Saturday, and both were road games on that Monday. Uh, it was at K State one Monday, and then the next week was at Lubbock, and so it was that's tough on you. And, and, you know, our Baylor game right before we played at Texas Tech was at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And, and I know that Bill mentioned it in, uh, a few times, like the schedule makers didn't do us any favors. And, you know, this is what it is, making excuses to a degree, but it's also not everybody has to deal with that. And, and, and you know, when you do when you do 48 hours of, of uh, a flip like that, it's tough, and especially on a team that doesn't have much of a rotation. So... To your point, the the six days off is huge. Guys can get healthy. You're not on the road. You're not, you know, again, it's late February. It's a time to rest some starters because the most important part of any season is coming up. And that's the conference tournament, which is semi-important. But you go to NCAA tournament, that's it. And, you know, we talked about Houston before. That's, you know, they're going to probably win the league, right? And now, whether they win the conference tournament or not, that's for Iowa State fans love that more than anybody. Well, they can they can win that or whatever. It's the NCAA tournament, and that's how you. That's what you want to hang your hat on, right? Man, I'm fired up for the Big Twelve tournament. It's going to be so weird this year. Oh my you gosh! Know? It starts on Tuesday. Yeah, I think just I think we all just make a week of it. Let's all get yeah. adjoining rooms at the president. Oh boy! Can we talk to Philip? Wouldn't that be something? We can make it happen. Yeah. You up for that, Stephen? Yeah, you know, whatever. I don't know if your voice can handle that many days to Big 12 tournament. Yeah, I'm, I might. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I can. We talked about load management. We'll have, yeah. to, we'll have to see. Luckily for you, I'm, I'm willing to step up and talk, you know, whenever, yes. it, needs, <laughs> whenever it needs to happen. What was it? We had that, that star-studded oh, dining room table in the presidential suite at the President Hotel. Holly Rowe was the star of that show. Nate Bucati, Brian Haney, yeah. Holly Rowe, Amy Gurley. Amy couldn't get a word in edgewise. Yeah. Well, if she was just sitting with you, she couldn't right. get a word in, that's, let alone that table. Fair enough. Let's do it again. I, I'm thinking it's going to be interesting to see if KU can run the table until that Houston game. I, I'm just hoping that that Houston game at the end of the year is – there's some stakes at it, maybe at the top of the conference. Yeah, we, could still happen. We've got an opportunity. We've got two back-to-back home games Saturday against Texas, and then BYU comes to town. You, you, you defend your home court like you've done all year. It's going to be tough. Texas, even though their record doesn't show it in the league, is I mean they got they got guys. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's A B M A S, but it's I think that B is silent. He just scored his three thousandth point. As Absis, how do you say it? I should probably figure that out by Saturday. Yep. But anyway, he's really good, uh, and and Desue is is great. They they've got guys. They just haven't figured out how to win consistently yet. But they're that's going to be a tough one. And then BYU, we already talked about how tough they can be. And then we go right back on the road, and it's not 
in Orlando, Morgantown, or Manhattan against teams you should beat. It's against Baylor in a brand-new arena. And then the following Saturday, we go to Houston. That is, is probably the best team in our league. So, yes, can we run the table? No question. Are we going to? We're going to find out. Greg, always good to have you in studio. Let's do it again. Thanks for having me. That's Greg Gurley. We'll be back after this on WHP.